Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Alright, it is noon on a Thursday, and it's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Rick is going to be bringing us the stories today. Wolf, are you ready for this? It's always, it's always an adventure. Oh yeah, I'm ready. Rick. Rick, what's going on? Alright guys, so on a sad note here, uh, Arizona Cardinals general manager Steve Kime is stepping away from the team indefinitely for health reasons. VP of player personnel Quentin Harris and VP of pro personnel Adrian Wilson will take over Kime's role for the time being. Here is Ian Rapp Report. An indefinite health-related leave of absence for general manager Steve Kime, a situation that has been developing really over the course of the last several weeks and several months for the Arizona Cardinals. He steps away, no timetable for his return. My thoughts and prayers are obviously with Steve and his family. Uh, what are your guys' reaction to the news? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know him as well as you do, certainly, Wolf. I've interviewed him a few times. Uh, you know, at this point, this is so much bigger than football, and I don't know what the what the behind-the-scenes story is, and I don't really need to. This is one of those things where, in my position, I don't feel like I need to know that. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes in terms of, like, how, how how a team is run, this this sort of, how are you going to prepare for this team, how did you react to losing, like, that stuff I want to know. I don't need to know his personal life. I just hope it gets better. Yeah, Steve Kime is a friend and um, I'm praying for him. Um, forget about football. Get well, Steve. All right, over to college sports. The UC Board of Regents voted 11-5 to to approve UCLA's move to the Big Ten. So USC and UCLA will move to the conference in the summer of 2024. The board also approved an amendment that makes UCLA have to pay Cal Berkeley between 2 and $10 million a year. Your thoughts? Can I get some of that money? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, my thoughts, honestly, on this, Wolf, are um, I can't even keep track of what the conference is now. Is it just 10? Have we officially added San Diego State? Is that not a, really a thing yet, but we all know it's going to be a thing in a couple years? Can you be the Pac-11? Yeah. Is, is Oregon sticking around? Is Washington sticking around? We hear reports that ASU might have more value to a bigger conference than Oregon because of the market, because of Phoenix versus Eugene. I, I, I just... I, I think it's going to be the six-pack. Well, forget about Cal Berkeley, first of all. <laughs> forget about Cal Berkeley. Uh, Zoe might Pauly. still be around here. Oh, yeah, so. where is Zoe? He's still walking around here. <laughs> He'll come back in. Obviously, I'm joking right now. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe what has transpired and the fact that this actually is going to happen with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. And as you know, if you've listened to this show, anybody that has listened, you know I believe this is the way that it's going. And there's going to be the SEC and there's going to be the Big Ten. That's what it's going to be. Now, they'll probably rename the conferences. They're going to have two huge conferences. That's what they're going they're to have. Gonna and the then Big all of a sudden, they're going to break teams. it down. They're going to break it down with divisions inside of those conferences right now. This is the first step towards that end. And it's coming at some point. The big conference and the bigger conference, maybe. All right. Well, anyway, speaking of the Pac-12... 
Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com. And it asks, do you think the ASU men's basketball team is a contender in the Pac-12? Yes, they are 10-1. and one. Maybe still need to see more or no. It's, They've been very good to start the season. It's not fair when you put the maybe in there. I would assume 100% of well, U of A fans are going to vote no and everybody else is going to vote maybe. Is that how that, Look, I mean, you're 10-1. and one. If you're asking me, contender in the Pac-12, is that to win the Pac-12? Is that to make the tournaments? Like make the, NCAA the tournament. Tournament? How about that? They're 10-1, and one, so I will say at 10-1, and one, yes, you are a contender to make the, make the NCAA tournament. I'll say that. I'm just going to answer my own question. Yes, I will agree 100% with Luke. Well well played by you, Luke. So we're taking yes? Yeah, let's go with yes. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, obviously I, I cover the team closely. Uh, check out my podcast uh, Save the Sun Devils on the ArizonaSports.com. Uh, Got to shamelessly plug that. Um, no, but, uh, you know, I, I think they're they're really good on, uh, on defense this year. But 48% say maybe still need to see more. 42% yes, they're 10-1. And, and the 10% of U of A fans voting said no. That sounds about right. That sounds, yeah. All right, and last one for you guys here. The Suns play the Clippers tonight in L.A. at 8.30 right here on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Do you guys see the team finally bouncing back from their fifth straight loss? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would it would help to know if Devin Booker's playing. I feel like if Devin Booker comes back, there's going to be that sort of jolt. I think at a certain point, they are still a good basketball team. You get fed up with the losing and hearing about how much you're losing. And you know, all due respect to Houston, who's got some really good young talent, and I think they're going to be really good in a, in a couple of years. It's got to be embarrassing that after that week they had, they came out and also got run off the floor by Houston. They yeah, need that. Yeah, you know, I, I look at this game tonight, and uh, based on what we've seen from the Phoenix Suns right now, this is the worst matchup they could possibly have. I mean, you got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. They're playing really, really well. The Clippers are a defensive team. Everything the Suns have shown us they were, except over the last six, seven games, and are not right now, the Clippers are. They are playing really, really well. And in particular, they're playing really well on the defensive end of the floor. They just rolled the Boston Celtics on Monday. Just rolled them by 20 points. He's talking me out of my... uh, I'm just saying right now, this is... I I think the Clippers are going to win tonight. Again. Because they're more physical. Because they're going to play defense. Everything the Suns have not done, especially with D-Book, you don't know if he's going to play. If Booker doesn't play that... And all of a sudden, DeAndre Ayton, and is he ready to go? This is right now at this point of the season, this is the Suns nightmare. Okay, but if you don't win this game tonight, that's six in a row, and you've got the Pelicans on Saturday, and then you've got the Lakers on Monday, and I they're not as bad as they were. Anthony Davis is playing out of his mind. That's not an easy win. There's no there's no easy wins until you get into next week, and even then, nothing's easy when you've lost five, six, seven, eight in a row. The Wizards are easy. Yeah, that's what I was looking at, but I didn't want to... They gave up, the, hey, I believe, the most points in uh, in the paint in NBA history okay, last but, night. Well, and it's 2022 where nobody goes to the paint. Memphis, Denver, and Memphis after that. I mean, that's your stretch of games coming up. Clippers, Pelicans, Lakers, Wizards, Memphis, Denver, Memphis. I just want to know who's going to play in tonight's game. And that goes down to Kawhi Leonard as well, whether he's going to play the back end of a back-to-back. 
All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. When we come back, the Suns do have a big game tonight against the Clippers. We're going to talk about it with our own Kellen Olsen, our own Suns guru. He joins us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just see you out there, Kellen. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our Suns mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. Suns uh, back in action tonight in L.A. against the Clippers, 8.30 start time. And we are joined right now on the Arizona Sports Line by the one and only Kellen Olsen of Arizona Sports. Look how that worked out. Kellen, I know you're not here. I know you can't see it, but I wore a hoodie, and I didn't even know we were having you on today. So this is in your honor, buddy. What's going on? Really glad to hear it. Really glad the influence goes uh, far beyond my reach, it seems. Hello. (laughs) What's... uh... What's going on with this team, man? <laughs> like this has kind of gone a little bit longer than I thought it would. That's the that's the gold question. Why why I get paid the big the big bucks? I guess. Yeah, I I think that obviously injuries are at the at the forefront of it, but I think they're just they're trying to adjust to something that they're not capable of adjusting to. If that makes sense, and and what I mean by that, I'm sure we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Is like this team and most teams around the league are designed to have two or three guys who can really handle the offense and really create offense for others as well and then this team has two guys and and it's Devin Booker and Chris Paul so when one guy is out the other guy really has to carry the load and we saw Devin Booker do that to the point where he won Western Conference player in the month we saw him do it last year as well and look we saw Chris Paul do it last year and two years ago as well but the bottom line is with the way that the team is playing right now, they need their star players to get to take them out of it. And I, I think that everyone has kind of caught themselves in the situation, and I think rightfully so, for, for the way Chris Paul played at the end of last postseason, at the end of two postseasons ago, where they kind of talk about him in this different way, like he's not on Devin Booker's level, and he hasn't been this year. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is like he's their second star, and he, this is a guy who has made three straight all NBA teams, and right now he hasn't even been a top ten player at his position this year. Like he's he's been a perennial All Star now for a decade, fifteen years, and he's not even going to be in the conversation for an All Star spot right now. Like he's just not going to be. So for him to kind of drop off that way, and with the way that the team is designed right now, they're just really trying to pick everything up, and this is just not a not a team that's designed to be without three of its top six players in the rotation. But let alone. All of that, plus one of those guys in the rotation, is severely uh, under-delivering on, on his role. And that's the thing with Chris right now. But then to the three out of six, that's Cam, that's Devin Booker, and then that's Jay Crowder. Like, hey, have a guy who was supposed to be top six in your rotation not giving you anything at all because you're not trading him or you're not playing him, that's that's an issue. And, and it's just catching up to them right now. And, and uh, the answer is, them getting healthier or Chris playing better. That's really what it comes down to right now. Yeah, no, I think that is a great point right there. Um, who is going to play tonight? What are you hearing right now? Well, I think when you see someone like Devin Booker listed as questionable with a, with a hamstring injury specifically, I would be surprised if he plays. Um, I, I would be and I wouldn't be because you guys know that he wants to play through anything at, at this point. So that would be the part I wouldn't be surprised by, but... We all know how delicate hamstring injuries are, and specifically for him, how hamstring injuries have been a problem for him over his career. So I, I, I would be surprised if he if he plays, to be honest. If he's questionable, DeAndre is questionable as well. I think the more interesting thing is who plays if, so let's say Booker plays and, and campaign is obviously out already. How does the rest of the guard rotation go? Are we going to see 
some element of of uh, point book and, and kind of them switching around the, the bench unit to kind of uh, emphasize him more in that role a bit, or if Devin is out and Jordan campaign as out, how does the rest of the bench kind of come together? Because they are without Dwayne Washington Jr. as well. Like they're going to need a lot out of, out of Landry Shamit right now if, if book is out and joining campaign is out. And it's going to be – it's an uphill battle for them right now because I think the, the worst part about this, Wolf, from a son's perspective, is the timing of this and the schedule. Uh, right when this kind of got underway, they were looking at 10 of their next 14 games on the road. And if you just pull up the Suns' schedule right now and scroll to January, it is – or to February, rather, the start of February – it's just a lot of good basketball teams, and, and there's a couple of great ones in there. There's a couple of not-so-great ones in there, but it's, it's not a murderer's row, but at the same time, it's not a walk in the park, and a lot of it is on the road and through a lot of travel. So it's a really tough point in the season for them right now and really their toughest point in the season so far. It's what, not are really you, close. what are you hearing on Kawhi Leonard? Do you think he's going to play in the back-to-back? I, we, I think that... That question answers itself most of the time, right? That he's, that he's not going to most of the time, right? <laughs> well, that would help, I guess. Uh, Kellen, we're talking to Kellen Olson of, uh, of course, of ArizonaSports.com. Kellen, big picture with this, and you, you just mentioned Chris Paul right there. Um, like, okay, you get this team and, you, and they're fully healthy. Devin Booker's obviously your main scorer. If Chris Paul, if this is the version we get of him now, there really isn't a clear number two scorer. In your mind, just philosophically, to get where they want to go, do you have to have a clear number two, or can you depend on it being a different guy each night? You can have a clear number two if if Chris is able to be the guy that he was in, in moments. I, I don't think that Chris Paul has to be absolute takeover point god mode in the clutch minutes or just in like full quarters of a game like he doesn't have to be the guy that he was in game six against new orleans and game six against the clippers two years ago they don't need that level of performance from him consistently or just like even in in moments and big games or whatever they just need him to be able to do it in, in little moments like three or four minute stretches of the game and then i think that's where the rest of the supporting cast can step up and is capable but they need the threat of him consistently because right now i I think the biggest problem is that not only is he playing at this level right now, but teams are kind of inviting him to, to play at that level. If, if that makes sense, they're not defending him as the threat that he once was. They're defending him as the guy who they're not letting him get to his spots, and they're going to force him to beat them elsewhere, which is where Chris has done for now 15 years at this point. It's not like defenses are just not learning how to cover him, but they're just respecting him a little bit less, and, and that's where the load continues to go on him and where he's going to need to open things up for others. Because if he's not able to establish that part of his game, then he's not able to establish his playmaking as much. And that's where you get to how him and Chris are helping set up guys like Mikel, DeAndre, and Cam. Because I think Mikel, DeAndre, and Cam have all taken steps forward, but they're not at the point on the ball where they can sort of create offense on their own. They need others to create it for them still for the most part, and that's where they still need Chris to be at an elite point in his game. So what do you expect to see from the Clippers tonight? I expect them to kind of show what we more have expected lately. It, it seems like they've hit a bit of a role lately, Wolf, from what I've been seeing lately. And, and I just think that they're a really well-constructed team. It's just a matter of who they have out there and how long they're going to be able to have those pieces together over the course of the regular season to build some continuity because I know the continuity has kind of become a joking word around the Suns lately because it's used so much as a strength for the team when fans would like to see them make trades. But 
that you do need that in basketball in some senses, and I think the Clippers need to continue to build that. We saw the promise of their group two years ago, making the Western Conference Finals, but now they're nearly at full strength. They're getting there to the point where their two stars are starting to come back into the fold a little bit. Now it's about them building for the next two to three months to really build up to the playoffs. So it's, it's more of just seeing how how far they are into that journey, Wolf, like how seriously we need to be taking them as a, as a contender right now because I think everyone – is now after the way the season started and just those guys missing time again, we're all back in wait-and-see mode with them and just kind of seeing when those guys are back and healthy and if them being back and healthy turns into them kind of being the powerhouse that that at least I expected them to be this regular season. I thought they were going to be excellent, and and they certainly haven't been so far. Kellen Olsen, always great talking to you, man. You know that. Thank you for the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kellen. That's Kellen Olsen checking in right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Um, yeah, going back to the previous conversation, if Devin Booker doesn't play tonight, I don't feel great about the Suns winning this game. I, they need some sort of jolt. Yes. And, no, I'm with you on that, man. But even if he does, uh, the Clippers, once again, this is a team that is starting to find its stride, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Think about it and set the last week aside. When's the last time over the last like two-plus years we would go into a game and not be confident the Suns would win? You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the mo- and they didn't win every game, yeah. but for the most part, it was like, yeah, I expect the Suns to win until, until proven otherwise. The only time it was really an issue was Game 7 last year, and then the season was over. And even this year, it's like more often than not, I expect the Suns to win. I figured they'd have problems with the Pelicans. Pelicans are a really good team. But other than that, and now you're right, we go into this game tonight, and it's like, I, they got to yeah. show it. Yeah, not only that, so uh, I'm with Kelly on this one. If there is a Q, a questionable, if there's a Q next to the guy's name, I don't think he's playing. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back, we'll go big picture in the NFL. It seems like most of the playoff teams are set, except there's still four weeks left. So who are some of the surprises that could sneak in or make some noise once they get in? We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, we got Thursday night football tonight. It's going to really shape the picture a little bit in the uh, in the NFC. This really <laughs> miserable season the Cardinals fans have had to endure. I guess you're 49ers fans tonight because the one, the one little ray of light that we've gotten over the last few weeks as Seattle has dropped out of a playoff spot. <laughs> and that's where we are. It's just yeah. about being petty at this point. Mr. Rainbow! <laughs> uh, the Seahawks are a half game behind both the Commanders and the Giants, who incidentally play this weekend. Maybe they cannot tie this time. Uh, and then the Lions are 6-7. and seven. So we were just thinking, like, for all the conversations we've had to have about serious stuff or about changes this offseason for the Cardinals, and it's only December 15th, well, why don't we just look around the playoff picture and, 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 and kind of just touch on some teams that might be surprising people in the, in the next few weeks? Yeah, I'd love to do that, man. Where do you want to start? What team do you want to start okay, with? So let's, let's do this. Let's start, let's start with teams that could actually make a run in the playoffs, okay? And I'm going to set aside the main ones. I'm going to set aside Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Kansas City. 
Is there somebody else in one of these conferences that you look at and you say, yeah, this team legitimately could make the Super Bowl over one of those three teams? Oh, man. You know, you're going to start with the Super Bowl. Well, conference we're gonna, championship, then. Okay, conference champion. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm thinking about the Bengals. Yeah. And the Bengals, yeah, is that the one you were thinking yeah, about as well? because they own the Chiefs. I, I honestly think that um, it's be so incredibly hard. Can you imagine if, in fact, the Bengals were to meet the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason and beat them for a fourth time. Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yet at the same time, you've got to look at it and say, well, they've beat them three times in a row consecutively. And one of them was a playoff game. And oh, by the way, if you happen to notice the way they beat them. They lined up and they ripped their beating heart out, metaphorically speaking, by running the ball right between their face. I mean, that's they ran good. it. That's right, Marshawn Lynch. That's Marshawn right Lynch right there, over and over and over again, and that's a problem. Three times in a row, it's been a very consistent effort for the most part from the Bengals. And I, I honestly, anybody that's going to play the Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason, anybody that's going to play them the remainder of this season, I'd look at those three games and not watch anything else. <laughs> look at those three games. Well, that race, and it, it's it's not as simple as who gets the number one seed in the AFC between Buffalo and Kansas City. And really, Baltimore and Cincinnati are only a game back. But the way things shake out in the AFC, I think, is going to make a huge difference. Because if the Chiefs have to play the Bengals again, that is the team, other than Buffalo, that I think can beat Kansas City. Obviously, the Bengals keep doing it. And then I think that opens the door for Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Buffalo wants to have to go through Kansas City. I'm sure the players aren't shying away from it. But I'm sure the fan base at this point is like, hey, how about we just win a Super Bowl? And not having to deal with Patrick Mahomes would obviously be a, a little bit of an easier way to do it. So it might just simply be a, a matter of does Kansas City take Buffalo out? Does Cincinnati take Kansas City out? I think Buffalo would take Cincinnati out. You know what I mean? It's like paper, rock, scissors on on a, on a, on a high-scale level over there in the AFC. I don't really see another team from the AFC that could make it. Do you? Yeah, um, not really. I, I mean, it's those three teams right there. Yeah, I know. I, I don't either. Um, I think it's those three teams in the AFC. The NFC is a different story. I will say this with Baltimore. I do think they could take one of those teams out. I just don't think they could go through multiple higher-scoring teams. They seem to have a cap, don't they? With yeah. Baltimore, it's like every game's got to be like twenty to seventeen or something. Yeah, no, I think you're right on that. Once again, I, I don't think I, I have no confidence in the Baltimore Ravens doing it. What do you think about the NFC? The NFC is for me. It's it's just some teams that could possibly get into the playoffs. It just blows my mind. I, I, I think know. we're looking at the same team, are we? Uh, what do you what? Which I one are you think, looking it, at? Well, originally, right we were going to do this of give a give me a team that's not in the playoffs that's going to make right, the playoffs. Right. <laughs> I mean, Detroit's playing pretty good football, <laughs> and it's not like they have to jump over like the eighty five Bears to make the playoffs. Right. They exactly. just have to get past two of Seattle, the Giants, and the Commanders. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, listen, the Detroit Lions are playing so well as of late. That's not going to be a surprise to anybody that follows the National Football League. What is a surprise is just how dominant they're starting to become on the line of scrimmage, running the ball, of course, and using play action to throw the ball down the field. Um, their defense is even scrapping. And we know earlier in the season, their defense was a liability, to say the least. It was an absolute disaster. 
disaster. Yeah, that, that's that's a better way to put right? it. Right? <laughs> and they're battling. They really are. The Lions have got my attention. I, I, I would love to see the Detroit Lions get into the postseason. And the reason why, it's not going to surprise anybody. Their mentality is a we're going to bust you in the face mentality. That's what it is. The, the, the belief system for the Detroit Lions is if you're not a tough guy, if you're not physical, I don't care if you play wide receiver, if you're not physical, you're not going to be on this roster. You're not. Now, you know, we've got to go out there, and when I say we, I'm talking about uh, Rick Spielman, not Rick Spielman, Chris Spielman, of course, going out there, and Dan Campbell, those guys going out there and looking for players that they can bring into the organization and vetting them that they know they love the physicality of the game. We're not going to look at a guy unless he loves the physicality of the game. That's a prerequisite to even bring him in. Forget about his talent. We're not going to bring him in unless he is a physical guy and loves the physicality of the game. That mentality, I think, is starting to pay off for the Detroit Lions right now. They would be a really fun story if they got in. I think anybody that watched Hard Knocks, the, the preseason one with Detroit, was like, okay, this is kind of fun. Like for me, I was like, oh, this is an interesting team. You know, they, 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 they have, they've been down for a long time. Okay, I'll get. I, wasn't intentional, but I got a little emotionally invested in the Lions, and then they went out and started one and six, and I was like, I can't have two teams like that. I can't know. But if they were to make the playoffs, and even right now, Wolf, this is. I mean, let's be real here. The Cardinals aren't making the playoffs. We got to start adopting a, a team or two to follow in yeah. the playoffs. Detroit would be a good one. They got a real test though this weekend in New York against the Jets. Yeah. If they get through that, they've got the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. They have winnable games. Yeah. Although three of their last four are on the road, so Man, take that for what it's worth. I love this because you actually mentioned a team right there. You want to talk about the total surprise? The outlier. How many quarterbacks has this team had? No, I'm. You're talking about Carolina. You're talking about Carolina. Okay, yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, I. They are. They control their own destiny. Based on our names right now. Think about it. The Carolina Panthers. (laughs) You're what? Five and eight. They got four games left. Pittsburgh, Detroit, at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans. So if they win out, they control their own destiny. The Carolina Panthers, with Steve Wilkes as the head coach. He's already got four wins this year. They control their own destiny. If they win out, the Panthers are in. You want to talk about a wild card and a complete wild imagination. Something we never would have thought of. That's it right there. That is the Cinderella team, if you ask me. That's Probably not a wild card team. They'd have to win their division. But bear in mind, first place in their division right now is six and seven. No, I meant the just wild card. Generally yeah, no. Speaking. But I'm just saying, who like, would have ever thought the Panthers were going to get in? In terms of of getting in, they're going to have to go through their division. But they have already beaten Tampa Bay. And they play them again in Week 17. Right. Carolina has uh, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa, and New Orleans left. And I tell you that that's a Carolina Detroit game was not one I circled on my schedule at the start of the year. Wolf on on Christmas Eve. Incredible. That, the fact that that could have some playoff implications. Carolina making the playoffs is a much better story to me than Tom Brady and the Buccaneers backing in with eight wins. Join Bud Light this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally. I also don't think Carolina's making the playoffs as the Cardinals take on the Broncos. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaway. 
giveaways and food specials all game long at Philly Sports Bar and Grill off Warner Road and the I-10. So head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for more information. Coming up, all right, just strip it down to this. How much would one win tonight over the Clippers change things for the Suns? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I still no definitive word one way or the other on Devin Booker unless I have just somehow missed it. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and assume that's going to play a big role in the outcome of uh, of tonight's game. Wolf, uh, we looked at the schedule a little bit, ran it off there with uh, when we had Kellen on. They get the Clippers tonight. It, it does not get easier. They get the Pelicans again on Saturday, and then they don't see the Pelicans again until the playoffs. Yeah. The Lakers on Monday, ah, it's fun to pile on the Lakers, I get that, but they're actually playing better basketball yeah. right now. Washington on Tuesday, which I would hope would be a reprieve, but the Suns just lost to Houston. And then Memphis, Denver, and Memphis all the way through December 27th. So it's not like the league is handing them a, a nice little stretch here of, here, this will get you back on track. They're going to have to go right through this to get back on track. Well, yeah, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I mean, as a former player, that is what I'd want right now. I'm not looking for any Cinderella's. I'm not looking for any softies that we can go out there and, oh, now we feel better because we whipped you. If I was on the team, I would like that. But since I'm sitting here with no control right, okay, at all, great. let's add, yes. talk to me again on December 27th. For me, I honestly, I, I still, I look at it as a former player. I'll look at it the same way for the Suns. I'm very, very interested to see what we get tonight. Yeah, it, it's kind of an unknown. I would say more so than I remember with this team in the last two years of what, what, what are, we gonna, are they going to pull off a great win you know, in L.A. or are they going to lose by 30? And I'm not talking about, well, if Devin Booker plays and campaign plays and D.A. plays. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I, I'm saying if all of them play, if they were ready to go. And Kawhi Leonard, if he played at the back yeah, end of just, a back Let's back. put everybody on I'm the floor saying, and see Everybody on the floor right now, man. I'm really interested to see what happens tonight because I think this is going to tell us a lot. If they all play, I think this is going to tell us a lot, man. The Clippers are nobody's patsy. They are a tough team, and they're playing a lot better right now. 17-13 and 13 on the season. 17-13. and 13. Think about that. All of a sudden. Right there with the Suns. Right there point. with the Phoenix Suns for the most part. Okay? And now. Pardon? I mean, they are tied in the standings. There you go. And and not only that, it's just, okay, their culture and the Clippers and everything they were going to be. Guess what? They're the fourth best defensive team in the association right now, according to certain metrics that are out there. (laughs) That sounds like with the old commercials where it's like seven out of ten dentists recommend this toothpaste. That's the way you said that right there. But if you watch them play, if you watch them play, you can see the fact that they're good on the defensive end. Well, yeah, because the Suns and Clippers have already played once this season, and the Suns won 112-95, to but it was the third game of the season. Kawhi Leonard played, but I remember coming out of that game being like, oh, yeah. that was Kawhi Leonard? That was, yes, that was not Kawhi Leonard. Like somebody, you have, like a, a friend you haven't seen in a couple of years, and then you yes. see him, you're like, really? That's you? Kawhi Leonard is, is getting closer to being Kawhi Leonard now. Now, you mentioned the defense, Wolf. We had Eddie Johnson on yesterday, and just flat out asked him, dude, what, what 
what's up with this defense right now? Well, a lot of times it, it starts with having a lack of confidence. You know, when you miss a shot on one end, you automatically have to what morph into a defender and turn your head and get back and play defense. And I think they're going back on defense worried about what just happened on offense. And that's what the weak teams do. Like, the weak teams don't know how to separate the two. And I think the Suns have fallen into that over the last five games. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I think maybe there's a possibility that that is indeed the case. It's just so weird because we don't think of the Phoenix Suns lacking confidence. Do you? No. I don't. You brought up swag yesterday. Like yeah. That's been a hallmark of this team for the last two years. Exactly right. And yet, to think of them in that light, I'm not disagreeing with Eddie, but to think of them in that light where their confidence is shot, their swag is gone. Well, they just missed what it felt like every shot they took on Tuesday night. So I'm assuming there was confidence waning during that game that you were going to hit a shot. You can see when guys are like, okay, he's got it. Like if he misses the shot, he's still going to make the next yeah. seven. By the second quarter of that game, it was like, is anybody ever going to score again for the Suns? Yeah. And again, um, I don't know if Kawhi Leonard is going to play. I don't think it's a must that he does play for the Clippers to actually win this game or certainly be competitive. I think this is a game where I'm, I'm looking at the Clippers and the way they're playing right now after getting off to a two and four start to the season, of course, and they're not the same team. They're not. They're just physically not the same team. But, you know, watching what they've done over, what, their last six games, they're 4-2 and two over their last six. They've won three in a row right now. And again, if you, if you look at this and watch them play, it's on the defensive end of the floor that they're starting to look like a a volatile, very explosive team, a team that has got a bunch of guys that like to ball and are intense. You can see it right now. And you look at their lineup, they've got guys like that. It also goes back to the, you know, going back to the conversation of, oh, they don't really have a break in their schedule coming up here. There aren't any. Wolf, like there's not going to be breaks in the schedule when you're playing teams from the Western Conference. New Orleans, I think, is a title contender. Memphis is, in a lot of people's minds, better than New Orleans. Not mine, but they're they're right up there. Denver's really good. Portland, the Suns don't play again, but they're hanging around. The Clippers, like you said, the Clippers, you know, they almost took the Suns out two years ago. That was a brutal series. Uh, you get a little bit lower, like Sacramento and Utah right now are a game behind the Suns. Half game for Sacramento. Those aren't easy games. Dallas, obviously, is not an easy game. Golden State is never going to be an easy game. Minnesota, the Lakers. I mean, I've left the bottom three teams out, and that's it. And that's just Oklahoma City, Houston, who just beat the Suns twice, and the Spurs. But those top, whatever that is, 12 teams, there are no easy games in the Western Conference this year. Yeah. No, there aren't. And again, um, it's the players that they have that I continue to look at. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris. Seems um, like he always shows up at the worst Reggie time. Jackson. You know, Zubots. The, they, their bench is the highest scoring bench in the association. Okay. I'm just saying right now, they've, this is a team that is coming around and this is going to be a great litmus test for the Phoenix Suns where they are at this point. Even if Devin Booker plays, even if DeAndre Ayton plays, even if campaign plays, even if they all play, 
This is going to be a great litmus test. Uh, Eddie Johnson, again, when he was on with us yesterday, said this stretch right here for the Suns maybe could be a wake-up call when we look back on it. I think this team is going through it right now Mm. from that standpoint, mentally. And now the physical part is kind of interceded, and it's making it worse. But also, uh, you know, maybe hindsight, this is a wake-up call because we had the best record in the league last year, and we still lost in the second round. So it doesn't matter. It matters how you plan at the end of the season. But unfortunately, guys, if you look at the West standings, there's not that much separation from the 13th seed in the West to the top seed. And a losing streak can really put you in harm's way. And that's where the Suns are right now. It's funny. He, he talked about, like, uh, appreciating the marathon in the NBA where people are like, you got you to shorten the season 82 games too long. And, and Eddie's like, no, this is part of the ebbs and flows. Um, I just rattled off all those teams in the Western Conference. I won't do it again, Wolf. But now, as opposed to two years ago, the Suns on that list of teams are a team that should know how to, to navigate the 82 games. Like yeah. if, if this is going to be a low point, there are still, what, 54 games left? Like, they should know how to navigate it better than, say, a New Orleans, or yeah. if Sacramento really is serious about hanging around. See, and, you know, yeah, they should know that. Um, and I don't mean that for right now. I mean, like, in January, February, March, we're going to maybe see that. Yeah, you know, I, I love the fact that everybody is remaining calm through this whole thing right now. Everybody, everybody. remain calm! <laughs> Um, Have you Fire been Marshal on Twitter Bill. lately? Well, he, okay, now that's not the one place to go if you want some calm <laughs> and you want some reason, right? But I honestly do believe it, man. Um, this is going to be a litmus test tonight, and I think um, I think this is exactly what they need to play a team that does engage in physicality, does play defense. I want to see that. How, how do they hold up against that, regardless of who plays? How do they do it. This is a great, to me, this is a great way to go for the Suns tonight. We'll see. All right, we come back. We'll get back into Hard Knocks. We did uh, we did Hard Knocks with Hard Rock earlier, but there was a lot of audio that we wanted to play we didn't have time for, so we will fit it in and react to it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Everybody remain calm!